On this episode of The Popcorn Diet, we take a trip to Europe to contribute to the world's greatest competition, Eurovision Song Contest, a story of fire saga. Get your popcorn ready. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. I am Lars. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear a Eurovision song? All of Iceland thinks we are a joke. That's not true. And my father is ashamed of me. No, he's not. He looked me into the eyes and said, I am ashamed of you. Maybe he was drunk. He said, and you might think that I'm drunk, but I am dead sober. Idiot. Welcome all you good movie buddies to The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of, I guess, microwave popcorn at this point, and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us today, back on the podcast after a pretty long time away, Mm -hmm. is my sister, another good movie buddy, Leah Theodosis. Leah, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing about as well as can be expected. With, <laughs> with everything that's happening, the greatest year of our lives. Yeah, before how's uh, how's quarantine treating you? It's been okay. Ups and downs. Yeah, you know, not as bad as it could be, but also could be better. It, absolutely, yeah. I've always said that, like, I've been in a fortunate position to where my regular job has been able to be maintained. You've been in a fortunate position in that your Event rental, you can't do any event rentals, but you managed to get okay with the loans that you needed from the government and stuff like that. So that's good. Yep. So we were able to stay in business, even though we're not really doing any business with the help from the SBA and the PPP, those different loans that they rolled out through the CARES Act, which is nice. But yeah, the wedding and event industry right now, we're trying to figure out how we are going to evolve our company for whatever the future may look like. Because right. as of right now, it's still very unknown. A lot of people aren't booking yep. um, just because they're not sure if they're going to have to cancel or reschedule. So a lot of the wedding and event industry is 100% on hold. Same. I mean, same with part of part of my industry doing tech training and stuff is traveling. And we're starting to pivot towards online conferences and digital training more mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And the world's going to change. Um, yeah. So well, Zoom I'm, is killing it right now. Zoom's cr- <laughs> We've got this idea that I'm trying to... Uh, workshop in my brain of doing Zoom ceremonies where it's this beautiful styled setup and nobody attends it, but everyone gets the link to a really well videoed ceremony. Interesting. We'll see. So rather than just a standard elopement where people go off with their witnesses and an officiant and maybe a photographer, it's kind of an elopement meets digital attendance. Digital attendees. Who knows? Still trying to workshop that, but we'll see. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a weird world out there. It's been a weird world in trying to keep a movie podcast running. Um, I'll be the first to say to everybody, like, I I feel a certain sense of, of, there's a little bit of guilt in me that I have not been able, and David, likewise, we have not been able to produce the episodes that we've wanted to produce 
for the popcorn diet. We did an episode on the five bloods that was supposed to go out last week and I lost it. It just, it, it, we did. And it was a great episode. And both David and I really love Defied Bloods on Netflix. It's an incredible thing. I poured my heart out about there's a father-son relationship in that movie that really struck me. It's incredibly acted. And then as I was editing it, the entire thing disappeared. And I Ugh. couldn't get it back. And I was so downtrodden. I was like, I don't even want to try and re-record it. I was just like, screw it. You uh-huh. know, We'll move on to the next one. And fortunately, I had forgot that this movie that we're going to talk about is the next one, <laughs> um, which was a pleasant surprise. But but yeah, I mean, we're in this moment now where movies have continuously been pushing their releases back. Tenet, mm-hmm. which is Christopher Nolan's movie, was supposed to be the one that's like, it's going to reopen everything. It's going to open July 17th. Well, now it's not going until August 12th. So. Mul- Mulan just moved from July 20-something to August 20-something. Clearly, we've we've we when I say we, I say as a state, Arizona, Uh as a country, clearly we've been trying to reopen too quickly. Yeah. And too laxed. Yeah. And you and I are practicing a a decent amount of social distancing right now, sitting a, a ways apart from each other. Masks, you know, making sure everything, you know, in our normal lives is being safe and that we're being safe here. But beyond not being able to get into the movie theaters, they are putting movies out, you know. On your streaming services, mm-hmm. on your Netflixes. And I just wish they could stretch them out more because last week we got three movies. We yeah. got Defy Bloods, which is really good. We got Artemis Fowl, which is really not good. And we got <laughs> The King of Staten Island on VOD, which I had not spent the money on to rent. Uh huh. And then this week we got My Spy, the Dave Batista ch- uh, kid comedy on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. So if you got Amazon Prime, you can watch that now. Uh, you got um, Irresistible, which is a political comedy with Steve Carell, directed by John Stewart, which is VOD. And this movie that we are going to talk about, which is the most nonsense Will Ferrell movie in a long time, called Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. And I don't know about you, but to me, it's kind of great that we get a nonsense like Will Ferrell Rachel McAdams goofy comedy right now totally and as much as Will Ferrell has done really goofy comedy in the past this had really good moments where I was like wow this is actually an elevated Will Ferrell movie I would like to say the last time we did a Will Ferrell movie on this podcast if I remember correctly it was The House which had all the makings of a movie that should be really good it was Will Ferrell it was Amy Poehler Uh Jason Manzoukas and it just wasn't that good. Yeah. Like, it was it was fine, but it just wasn't that good. Yeah. And so now we have this movie. Now, before we get into the details of, like, our non-spoiler reviews, and then we'll do our spoiler reviews and whatnot, did you know anything about the Eurovision Song Contest before you knew about this movie? No. Good. I still don't really know much about it, other I, than what was represented in I this I did film. some deep diving. <laughs> um so one of the funny things, so uh, so obviously the Eurovision Song Contest is basically an entire European-American idol, but infinitely more wacky and infinitely more European than anything American Idol could ever be. Um, it's been going on since the 60s. Yeah. Like they had like Celine Dion won a year. ABBA did Waterloo, which is considered to be like the best – uh, Eurovision song ever oh by, by ever, you know, and that was ABBA. That was yeah. the big stars. And you don't normally get like 
those are the two outliers because those people became global phenomenons. Totally. ABBA, obviously, and Celine Dion. And there are a lot of other winners that you've never heard of. Um, but what's really funny, I did a little bit of research as to why this movie even exists. <laughs> <laughs> and what I didn't know is that it's because Will Ferrell um, is married to a Swedish woman. I didn't know that. I, I'm going to brutalize her name. But Vivica Pauline, I think, uh, took him to her cousin's house in 1999 to watch Eurovision Song oh Contest. Gosh. And since then, he's been following it. That's and amazing. He, and so that's where this came from. And in 2014, he actually traveled to Denmark to watch the final. And he got all types of access. Like, the, he, was, he was able to get access to the rehearsals, to everything. Because he just became enamored with it. Yeah. And the only other thing you need to know about the Eurovision Song Contest is batshit crazy. Like, it's literally the... And I say this less for you because you've seen the movie and more for the viewers, is that, like, it is almost impossible to describe. It's the most... It's like if you gave drama kids crack cocaine <laughs> and an infinite budget and... Gave them and, – and the crazy thing is is a lot of these songs are actually really catchy. Not yeah. only in the movie but the Eurovision songs uh -huh. as well. The I real imagine. songs. Um, so I didn't know anything about this going in except when I watched the uh, – the, they released the music video yeah. for Volcano Man, yeah. which is one of the songs. And I kind of immediately was like, okay, this makes sense. This seems like something that I have heard of just weird – Iceland, where are they from? They're from Iceland, They're from right? Iceland, yeah. Yeah. Um, it just seemed to fit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it seemed to be completely overproduced and whatnot. So I was I was happy to kind of go in cold uh, with Eurovision, but then I went on a deep dive. And we'll talk about some of that stuff a little bit later. But uh, but let's, let's talk about the movie and how you thought about the movie. So before we get into the specifics, mm -hmm. what did you think of the movie? I really, really liked it. I would definitely watch it again. It's really good. It really is. Um, it was really entertaining. It was cool to see Rachel McAdams in a comedy role again. Yes. I feel like when she first started being known as an actress, she did Mean Girls and The Hot Chick. And wedding Crashers. Although a, she was kind of a straight man in Wedding but Crashers. she's a goofy chick you know yeah. like she likes comedy obviously so it was fun to see her like being in a will ferrell movie mm -hmm. and then yeah i just it was kind of that like i've never been to europe but i imagine that how they're representing like these musicians who want to be a part of this contest right. this has got to be pretty close and now hearing that will ferrell is super obsessed with it. Yeah. I'm sure it's very close. Um, but I really liked it. I would definitely watch it again. It has. So comedy is really interesting sometimes because comedy, it, it there are types of comedy. Just like there are types of horror movies, there are types of comedy movies. Mm -hmm. You have slapstick. You have improv. You have the really smart comedies. You have stoner comedies. You have gross-out comedy. Yeah. All different types of comedy. And we've gotten so used to in our, the past, I guess, 10 years or so to like the Judd Apatow improv comedy where everybody's just kind of riffing and stuff yeah. like that. And what I like about this movie is that it's not improv, but it's just like really serious people 
dedicated to a ridiculous concept. Yeah. And it manages to really, and this is what is, I think, the key point about this movie is that it manages to both make fun of how ridiculous it is, but also show reverence to it. Totally. And you can kind of tell because there's a lot of people who were involved with Eurovision in reality who are in this movie. Uh-huh. And you can kind of tell that they themselves embrace the weirdness yes. and the theatricality of it. I mean, one of the actual winners was a drag queen named Cochita Wurst, who is like feathered hair, makeup, and a beard. Yeah. And and they and and Cochita Wurst won. And like this 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 competition is off the rails in terms of being dramatic. Yeah. And it's like the more the better. And they, yeah, and they really embrace that. Like they. They are able to make fun of it and mock it and have things go terribly wrong, but also really, really bring home, like, the power of a really well-produced musical number. Totally. And also, like, I remember before I started watching the movie yesterday, I was like, ugh, I wonder if, like, these countries in Europe are going to be, like, offended by this. Right. Or if they're going to... I don't know, ban it, you know, like yeah, I, I have no idea oh, what Americans to making fun of us. Yeah. But even watching it, I realized, you know, this is actually a really great movie. I felt like the representation was really strong. Everyone's in on it. Yeah. Like most of the cast in Iceland is of that general area. Yeah. You know, and they're into it and they're totally. leaning into it. Most of the uh, other performers and stuff, you know, are a multi-European kind of uh i don't know whatever you want to call it cast of characters yeah um so who is your favorite speaking of cast of characters if you had to pick out one or two like favorites uh whether it be performances or gags without any spoilers like who would you say was your favorite people in the movie Rachel McAdams character was my favorite for mm-hmm. sure. Um, she was she did so good in that role and i looked it up um I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. I mean, it's about a music competition. Competition, yeah. So I wanted to see if she really was singing or not. Right. And she did really sing some of it. But then they also had a past performer from a real Eurovision mm-hmm. actually perform her songs as well. So I was really impressed with her. I just really liked her character. Um, I liked the dynamic between her and Lars before they like... I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but I just really like their dynamic. Yeah, yeah, don't get too don't get too into spoilers. We'll talk more about spoilers after the after the break. Um, I like Rachel McAdams being goofy. Yeah, you know, and I and she's I miss I I forgot how much I miss Rachel McAdams because I really liked her in Wedding Crashers, uh-huh. and I really liked her here. She manages to be on the level with Will Ferrell of they are both extremely sweet, mm-hmm. kind of stupid. Kind of perfect for each other, but maybe the absolute worst for each other as well. Yeah, like they're they're silly, stupid. Like they enjoy each other's personalities right. fully. They're not aggressively dumb. Like they're not yeah. like little Nicky dumb or totally. an Adam Sandler character mm-hmm. dumb. You know? Yeah, they're lovable. Exactly. They're both extremely lovable, and they have big hearts, and that's what's uh-huh. important too. Um, she's great in the movie. I gotta yeah. give a shout out. To Dan Stevens, who's oh an absolute God. maniac. He really is. <laughs> so 
I knew Dan Stevens. Shout out to another good friend of the podcast, Jessica Gallagher. I knew Dan Stevens because he was in a movie called The Guest, which is a really gnarly little thriller. It's on Netflix right now. I highly recommend watching The Guest. But I knew him from that, and he's pretty rad in that movie. I didn't know him from Downton Abbey, which is apparently where most people know him. Uh-huh. He was also the Beast yep. in the, the live-action Beauty and the uh-huh. Beast. Dan Stevens should be a much bigger star because he plays, um, what's his freaking, Alexander Lemtov, Ugh. who is the Russian singer. Yes. Who is insane. Insane. <laughs> He's Highly sexualized. Super sexualized. Super um, flamboyant. Straight. Uh, and maybe I know. think he's just super sexualized, flamboyant. There's actually into women. There's actually super. There's actually something interesting about that, which is um, he actually represents. And I don't have, sadly, I don't have like details in front of me, but he is his character is actually a little bit of an homage to another Russian character, who another Russian actual performer, who uh, who was gay and who whose performances were super you know flamboyant from a past eurovision from a past eurovision but it was from russia so russia's like we don't have gay people in russia except when we need to win eurovision so he's he kind of resembled that person and yeah i don't remember I i do shitty research for this episode but I kind of picked up on that from there. But just his accent, just the way he acts. Yeah. Just his performances. His costume, All out there. Yeah. He's super into it. And I really dug that. I just thought everything he was doing was hilarious. Yeah. The mansion stuff where they're like, these all look like you. He's, oh, oh, do they look like me? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. All of it. (laughs) And he, and he was a character that I was waiting for something more to happen with. Right. And then it was like, oh, actually, like, he's just a great character in the movie. He's just a character. Exactly. And that's the thing is, like, there are, and this is not so much to say, uh, I won't get into any super details. Obviously, we were just talking about the Russian character. But there are antagonists in this movie. It's a competition movie. you got to have antagonists. you got to have the evil hockey team from Iceland in the movie. But nobody is really, truly bad. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all antagonists. In there trying to win the competition, but nobody – I liked that nobody was truly bad. That there Well, actually, there was one truly bad person. We'll talk more about in the spoilers. But I liked that. I liked that the, um, the competition, all the competitors got together – singing like they're just Mm -hmm. they like being it's like a bunch of drama kids getting together or choir kids i imagine since i don't have any (laughs) background in the choir but it was really nice to see that and i like that about the movie yeah i imagine that was something will ferrell pulled from his research and attendance of seeing all of these different artists and performers actually just happy to be there, happy to be involved, right. excited to work with all of these other artists right. that they maybe admire or would never be able to work with elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool seeing that because it's so often in competition movies, especially around singing, like I think of Pitch Perfect, like it's always like you're going down, like you guys suck. But right. this was very much just like they all like really supported like you each made other. It in. Yeah, and they were so happy for each other. Mm-hmm. So it was very heartwarming in that sense where they're of course it's a competition movie, 
but you didn't feel the sense of like they're coming for blood. Like right. everybody was just like, do your best. We're happy to be here and we love music. It's not up to us. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like, so, so I think one of the things, and you probably didn't know this, but the guy who directed this, his name is David Dobkin. And he directed Clay Pigeons. He directed Shanghai Nights. He directed Wedding Crashers, which Wedding Crashers is best movie. He kind of went downhill after that. Like he directed like The Judge, which is not a great Robert Downey Jr. movie. <laughs> But I actually did a little bit of research as well on David Dobkin, and I think one of the things that makes this movie, uh, one of the many things that makes this movie so successful is um, it really nails the music sequences. Yes. And David Dobkin apparently had a big uh, start in music videos. He was a music video director from everyone from Tupac to Elton John, to Coolio, to Maroon 5. That's funny. All over the place. So That it, makes sense. It kind of is perfect yeah. that he he did that. Yeah. Um, how do, As far as the humor goes, I think my favorite part about the humor was that it's not mean. No, um, it isn't. It's not, nobody's, like, with, and here's the thing, like, I love movies like Knocked Up and Superbad, and I, I love those types of comedies, mm-hmm. and they're hilarious, but... Most of it is really funny because they're just yelling at each other and making fun of each other and riffing on each other and whatnot. Yeah. And I found that the humor in this movie was a really interesting um, combination of like that sweet, heartfelt nature. Yeah. And just they don't even need to write jokes. They can just be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, And it had a bunch of there was elements of different humor. Like there was a few elements of like physical comedy mm -hmm. where it's like. You know, what you see in a movie, someone falls you, down a hill, like yeah, something like that. Yeah, you see like a trailer. That. In the trailer, you see Will Ferrell, like, getting hoisted up, and now he's, suddenly he's hanging. Yeah, so there's, like, the physical comedy, which is funny, but it's not overdone, mm-hmm. so that's nice. And then there's the, um, uh, like, I don't even know the word, but the part I texted you about, like, just yes, those little, like... like absurdist. Yeah, like... This, this movie goes into far left field, uh-huh. unexpectedly... At least three times. Yes. And it really catches you off guard, but those moments were the funniest moments to yeah. me, in my opinion. Yeah. We'll talk more about those moments and spoilers, but that that is one of the things that pumped it up for me a little bit more, is there is at least three, at least a few times where this movie makes a, a joke or does a gag that comes out of absolutely nowhere. Yep. And it does that kind of stuff doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff doesn't always work. We I've seen comedies where, um, gosh, like, okay, here's a good example. The Daddy's Home movies. Uh-huh. Like, there was, like, one gag in those movies where he's, like, riding the motorcycle and crashes it through the house or, like, and it's, like, that's where the physical gags go too far. Yeah. Like, this is not realistic. You would be very, very damaged. Yeah. But this movie has physical gags that don't go too far, like you said. Mm-hmm. Although they really toe the line. Yes. Um. And it also has those moments that, without getting into spoilers, really come out of left field. Yes. Um, did you have any favorite songs? I loved this. There's a song where, like, all I I'm assuming that they're all actual past contestants. The song along. Actual, yeah, the song along where they're all like in this mansion uh-huh. and they all just decide to sing. It kind of reminded me of Pitch Perfect, it where they're doing me the a riff, riff off. off. Yep. But. I really loved that. And that's the moment where I could definitely see that the director was into music videos and, and like worked on music videos. The frames of that, the way they'd brought it, the way that he brought in 
different artists singing their parts. That was really fun. And like when it was over, I remember being like, I am definitely going to listen to that song yeah. on my like the album on Spotify I is good. Yeah. Like I I will tell everybody right now. The album on Spotify went up on Thursday night. Usually usually when a new movie comes out, um the soundtrack goes on Spotify at midnight Eastern, which is usually nine our time. So sometimes I like to check out a soundtrack before the, uh-huh. I see the movie. And not only was the song along good, but all of the songs are yeah. actual like toe tappers. Yeah, they are. They're all really good. And yeah. that's because they brought in real songwriters. That's because they showed care in in what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the song along. And you're right. The song along actually has a ton of of previous performers. You actually see Kuchita Worst in that yep. performance. Yep. Um, the guy playing the violin is a past winner. The girl who gets out of the car, she's she's a bigger girl, but she's wearing like the big... She's like Lady Gaga decked out. She won. Full glam. Yeah. Crushing it. All of those. So most of those, I don't want to say all of them, but most of them are winners or participants. And that made that... That was that scene, and that's not really a spoiler. Like everybody gets together and sings. If that's a spoiler for a Will Ferrell movie on Netflix, guys, I don't know what about to tell you. a musical competition. About a song competition, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But you're right in that that is a really not only is it really fun, it's really energetic, it's really catchy. The beats, the remixes, all the stuff that they're doing, but it also goes to show like all of these people are here because they love to perform and they yep. love to sing, and we're gonna get together and we're gonna sing. We're not trying to beat each other. Yeah. We're not trying to win. It's not a competition. We're just trying to go with the groove. Mm-hmm. And also like, that's when, like, there's a moment where like Will Ferrell's in the in the circle singing with them. Yeah. And it's not goofy. It's no. like he's accepted and yeah. feels accepted, and that's. Oddly emotionally powerful. Yes. Um, I love <laughs> I just gotta mention a few of the songs. I mean, almost all of the songs by Fire Saga are legitimately good. Yes. Um Double Trouble, which is their main song. That's a song that they're performing in the competition. In the competition. Very good. Very good. Um even ja- Yaya Ding Dong. Yeah, that song is the dumbest song in the whole movie, but, but it's, it's a still, bop. It's still a bop. And the fact that there's like one villager who's just like, Yo, boy, I have to Yeah, go. like they're all obsessed with this one song. He doesn't have any happiness, and this is the only happiness he gets. Yeah. Volcano Man was great the way that they did that. And then the final song, that huge ballad that they do. So good. It's incredible. It's just really yeah. fun. And surprising, like, Will Ferrell... Can sing. Can sing. Because he sang yeah. in the movie. I mean, he wasn't, he's not nearly as challenging as, as Rachel McAdams' character's singing is. No, but, but it's still impressive that I was like. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. So um, it, was, it was fun to see him in a role like that where it wasn't completely making fun of like this character. Right. It was a character with so many layers to it. Yeah. And actually like a really lovable character. Yeah. He has his moments, but. Yeah, as we all do. Like Redemption. That's, that's the story of a competition. That's the story of finding yourself, you know, especially when you live in a small Icelandic town. Like, yeah. there's going to be... Listen, guys, you've seen these movies before. There's going to be a moment where the team breaks up. There's going to yeah. be a moment where the, everybody fights, but then they got to come together at the end to win the thing. And that's yeah. 
spoiler alert, that's you're not going to get much more from that from this movie, but it's fine because it's so well done. Yeah, I will say I did find myself predicting what was going to happen. Sure. It was very predictable. It's formulaic. But it's very good. Like, it was great to watch. Yeah, I mean... You've I, I keep referencing the Mighty Ducks, but you see it all the time in that yeah. you have this down on their luck group who get a chance at the big leagues. They are challenged by forces outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. They break apart. There's a strife. They they you can see competency. You know they get more and more competent as yeah. they move along. Um. So yeah, it, it follows the same beats. It's a little long too. I think it's a couple of hours, which is pretty long for a comedy. Uh-huh. Um, but again, it still works. There was a couple yeah. of, there was a couple moments where like one character, like they're apart, they're separated, and I'm like, all right, this is cutting it entirely too close. Like trying to get back together. Yeah. And I was just like, this is cutting it way too close. What are we gonna do here? But it lands it. It brings it, it home. Yeah. Um I wanted to mention a couple of other homages before we uh get into spoilers here, but um we already talked about how the song the song along in the mansion has a ton of previous performers. Mm-hmm. Um there's a piano player in a in a like courtyard uh-huh. uh, who's a previous winner so or performer. Cool. Um, I didn't know that. There's a moment in the movie where a heavy metal band performs. Uh-huh. So that is actually a homage to the Finnish heavy metal band Lordi. Uh-huh. L-O-R-D-I. Who won in 2006. They are this crazy heavy metal band who ha- who are all decked out in like Hollywood style like zombie dead people makeup. Yeah. But their song is called Hard Rock Hallelujah. And it's basically like a really positive heavy metal song where everybody's dressed like the devil. Uh, and what? so that that is homaged in this movie. That's amazing. Hard Rock Halloween is a, a great song, by the way. It's insane. You absolutely have to look up. You can okay. look up a ton of Eurovision performances on their YouTube channel. Yeah. And Hard Rock Halloween is on there. And it's, it's batshit insane. Okay. The other thing I'll I wanted to mention is that I'm just going to mention the hamster wheel. That actually was an actual thing. There was a that performance. Has happened? So it had a better outcome. It didn't exactly play out the way it plays out in the movie, but there was a performance where somebody in, in real life Eurovision Song Contest where somebody was singing and they had another performer running in a hamster wheel. Oh there's my been some weird God. there's another Eurovision performance where somebody is singing and there's another performer in a glass box who is basically mirroring their movements. It's crazy. I want to have a Eurovision party. It's and like everyone nuts. just come up with your own like fake music. Everybody pick a country. Yeah, and represent your com- country and like <laughs> do a small little Eurovision concert with like our best friends. Well, sadly, it was canceled this year, obviously for yeah. for obvious reasons for COVID nineteen and whatnot. But that was this movie was originally supposed to come out in May uh-huh. when the twenty twenty Eurovision competition was going to happen. I feel like this movie is going to help bring more attention to it next year. I hope so. I hope a lot of people watch this movie. It's a really funny movie. It's um, really great. So before we get into spoilers, before mm-hmm. we take a break, we got to do the popcorn ratings. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. And if you've never listened to the episode before, or if you've never listened, if this is your first episode of the Popcorn Diet, welcome. I have no idea how you got here at this point in time. <laughs> um, but... 
I hope you're staying safe. Welcome to the podcast. We rank our movies a little bit differently. Instead of giving it stars or thumbs up or whatever, we have a popcorn rating. We give it a popcorn rating. And we start with burnt popcorn, meaning this movie is garbage. If a movie is burnt popcorn, it's not worth your time. I don't care if it's free or whatever. It's just a waste of time. Trash. Uh, we also have stale popcorn, which is not great. It's not what you want. If you have it for – if you can get it for free, if you're desperate – there are worse you can do, but stale popcorn is just, it's not ideal. And then we have movie theater popcorn, which is firmly in the middle. It could go either way. For us, movie theater popcorn means it's just fine, you know? And sometimes fine is exactly what you need. Sometimes you need a little bit more than fine. After that, we have movie theater popcorn. So we went from microwave popcorn to movie theater popcorn. Oh, I think you said movie theater. Did I say? I think I did yeah, too. Yeah, but so our three is microwave. Microwave popcorn is in the middle. Excuse yeah. me. It's been a while since I've done this. I was this. like, wait, microwave, movie theater? Microwave popcorn is in the middle. Movie theater popcorn mm-hmm. is like, this is a good movie. You should give it your time. I would recommend seeing it in a movie theater if movie theaters were open. Um, and then last is perfect popcorn, which means watch this movie as soon as possible. And if we ever fall in the middle, if something is not quite microwave popcorn but not quite movie theater popcorn, then we throw a soda on there. We say it's microwave popcorn and a soda. So what would you give Eurovision Song Contest the story of Fire Saga? I would give it a movie theater popcorn with a soda. I think I agree. I loved it. I Again, I've said this before, but... This is a movie I can definitely see myself wanting to watch again. Yep. The songs I want to listen to. Yep. I want to tell my friends to watch it. Yep. Movie theater with a soda sounds great. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's predictable. Mm-hmm. But it's really great. When it was over, you feel really happy and yeah. heartwarming. And it ends heart in a heartwarming way, like I'm, I'm with you as well, where it's, it's by no means I, – I was between movie theater popcorn and and whether or not I wanted to give it a soda. And I'll give it a soda because it is really good. And it's kind of the perfect movie right now. Yeah, you it know? really is. It's, I think anybody who watches this will find humor in it mm-hmm. and find moments of joy and relate to the characters in mm-hmm. different ways. It's really beautiful too because it feels like a it's vacation. in a different country they really t- you know again shout out to david dobkin is he really takes advantage of not only iceland but scotland and mm-hmm. all the different places that they're shooting and it looks really good it does and it, it it's it's there are worse movies you can watch that have just this beautiful icelandic you know countryside yeah um it feels like a vacation it yeah. feels like a good time so yeah that's what I'm giving it. Awesome. So we're going to get into spoilers because we got, there's some wacky shit yeah, in this there movie is. that I want to talk about. But before we do, we're going to take a quick little break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with the other good movie buddies out there. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of this little independent movie podcast filled with love. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, keep the podcast going, but it's also going to give you exclusive patron-only access to things like early episodes, franchise refills episodes, and more. So check that out by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, 
We don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, PopcornDietPodcast.com. Let's get back to it. All right, Leah. We're back. Spoilers from this point on. Let's just right now. Let's talk about our favorite parts of the movie. Cause this is really all you can do with a comedy. Yeah, is favorite parts of the movie. I don't know. I just was like listening, listing them off. Um, I will start out with one that is minor, but that I found hilarious. Uh huh. Which is he runs into these American students. Yes, and they're from ASU and U of A, <laughs> and so they're from the two schools here in Arizona. Yeah. And I was just like, this is hilarious. That is amazing. It's also perfect. And have we become the new Florida? Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately for us, yes. I think we have. Hopefully not forever. You got a lot of people paying attention to Arizona at this point in time for a lot of the wrong reasons. Yes. Um, But I love that. Not only... It just was funny. It was funny. And I really liked seeing like Americans being made fun of. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not like I'm not, uh, you know, I certainly didn't take offense to it. It's not like something that I would encourage. Like, listen, I'm an American. Chill the fuck out. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it was pretty funny. Well, it's like these it's like two girls, two guys. They're backpacking through Europe and they're just like being obnoxious Americans. They're college students. Yes. And Will Ferrell's character is like making fun of them and being like, oh, we hate Americans. Like, get out of here. Don't ever come to Iceland. Go to the Starbucks. Go to Starbucks. And they're and like the moment where the one girl's like, oh, where is the Starbucks? (laughs) I just like lost it because I was like, that is so accurate like there's probably all these like cute european cafes and patisseries and like i can totally see like a college backpacker being like oh hell yeah finally a starbucks hell yeah i would do it i'll admit it exactly like that it just like that part made me laugh a lot it was really funny yeah i love and i love that they came back at the end too yeah like i love that there was uh, they actually came back twice yeah which was again Really nice that that they really made fun of them the first time, and then the second time they made them integral to getting uh, him back to the contest. Yeah, and then the third time they're hanging out in Iceland, they're partying. Yeah, they're having a great time, and they're they're kind of okay with getting ribbed. Yeah, you know? and Will Ferrell's character Lars is just like. I'm not joking. Them. I hate you. And then, like, Rachel McAdams' character is just like, okay, like, <laughs> I think they get it. Like, yeah. It becomes just like this funny, weird little inside joke between him and this group of college back. Yeah, it was really great. Um, what other parts that you did you like? So, I had no idea Demi Lovato was going to be in it. Yes. So, when you first see her in the movie, she's supposed to be like this Icelandic mm-hmm. musician who for sure is going to win Eurovision. So, when you see her and then she freaking Gets dies. Expl- gets exploded. <laughs> so that was another thing. Is- that whole thing. I knew there was going to be a way that they would have to win. Right. That it was like the semi semifinal. Right. Like it was the it was Icelandic, the country. Yeah. So it's like from what I learned, it's like every country has their own small little competition, and uh-huh. whoever wins that goes into the semifinals for Eurovision. Yep. And then those who get the most votes go, go into, into the, the grand f- final. Yeah, the yeah. grand finale for Eurovision. 
So the Icelandic, it was like they were for sure voting for Demi Lovato's character. Mm -hmm. And they had 11 spots filled. They needed 12. And so they literally just picked a cassette out of a box. They didn't even listen to it. And And they were just like, Fire Saga. Sure. Like they can they can join. Yeah. And, you know, seeing that train wreck of a performance (laughs) and then having like Rachel McAdams character just be nurturing and sweet and kind to her friend. Right. And then in the distance, this boat that everybody's on, all the contestants are on. We missed the boat party. Yeah. It explodes. (laughs) You know, it's like us as the audience, we're like, oh, that's ridiculous. But that's how they win. But they also did that in the movie. Yeah. Like I loved how Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams were like, oh my gosh, it's so sad. But also we're the only ones ones. who are left. So we get to move on. While like her severed arm is laying on the ground. It's crazy. Um, I was actually like, oh, that's all they had Demi Lovato for. But then... They bring her back for a few little moments. Yeah. She comes back as a horribly burned ghost with one arm. Yeah. And that's one of those moments where it's like so out there that you like can't not laugh at it. It's an, it's Anchorman and not Anchorman 2. Anchorman 2 takes it too far, but Anchorman 1 was great when it's like, oh, Brick has a trident. Yes. You know? Exactly. Um, And the fact that she's like, (laughs) it's ridiculous. just like i cannot believe that they got demi lovato to put on all the burn makeup yes and just be like you need to get out of here your life's in danger yeah she's basically like trying to warn lars and he's like get away from me like what are you haunting me for yes yes and then i love the part where she finally gets to warn him about the bank the, the banking minister or the the governor of the bank is trying to kill all of us yeah. You got to watch out. And he's like, that literally just happened. Where yeah. have you been? Yeah. He's like, I he I took care of it. Like, it's not happening anymore. And then he's just like, I got to go. And yeah. like, that's it. Like, you see her throughout the movie as this ghost trying to like warn him and he's running away. And you're like, what the hell is yeah. happening? Yeah. And just so he could be like, it's already happened. It's oh, incredible. You're okay, late. What kind of ghost are you? It's ridiculous. Incredible. Which brings me to the next point, which is. One of the really – and again, Will Ferrell – actually, before I get to this point, I want to make one other point because I don't want to forget it. Yeah. I love that Fire Saga is actually competent. Like, they're actually good singers. Yes. You know, they're not bad. No. They're really disorganized. Yes. And they are really unfocused. And clumsy. Well, it's very much like Lars is the star. Like, this is his dream. Right. And Secret, who's Rachel McAdams' character, is just like, you're my friend. Like, we love the same things. I love you. She, I want to support you. She loves him. They also are probably not brother and sister, <laughs> which, again, keeps a weird streak of the movies that we are doing, <laughs> having weird shit in it like this. They are brother and sister. Okay? <laughs> but they're not. It turns out that they're not. They're not. <laughs> Oh, my God. But, yeah, like, it, it, where he's the dreamer, he's the one who's reaching for the stars, mm-hmm. and she's supportive of that. Yeah. She wants it, but you're right. Lars is the – it's Lars He's, is like, the, over the top, you know? Exactly. Like, I have to go above and beyond to prove myself. Exactly. And his idol is ABBA, so he's, like, very eccentric in the way he dresses. Very and flamboyant. How, what his music is like, what those performances are like. And so – You know, it's cool to see how Rachel McAdams as his partner in the band is just like, 
I support you and right. like I have songs that I've written, but like we will sing your songs. Like right. this is your dream. So I and, and then again, this is just it's good character work. It's good. It's good storytelling. At the end, Lars is like, we don't care. I don't care if we're going to win. You're going to sing your song. Yeah. And it's about their hometown. And yeah. it's really fucking sweet. It really is. And uh, just a great, another great song. Yeah. Like another great ballad that he's just like, it doesn't matter. Like winning doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like you got here. You're worthy. And all that matters is being true to ourselves. And, yeah. and that, you know, again, it's not new. But it's really well done. Yeah. Um, but I do want to mention another thing about Rachel McAdams' character is that obviously Will Ferrell is the big, dumb goofball. He's the big, you know, outward. He's the one falling from the the, yeah. the ceiling. He's the one who's trying to crawl through the crowd and swims from the fishing boat to the shore and whatever. But Rachel McAdams has her one thing where she's like, I prayed to the elves and I gave them yes. a gift. And everyone's like, you're insane. But that's totally a thing. It is. Yeah. So, like, He's like, half our country in lives. <laughs> and some people don't. Yeah. And some people like leave them goodies and ask them for things. And, and there's and- this little area on the hill where there's three tiny, little, tiny little houses with doors. And there's a couple of moments where she brings by like a little bit of whiskey. She brings by a little gift or whatever. She's like... Thank you for getting us in. If it's not too much to ask, can we do this or whatever? And yeah. you think it's like a really sweet character quirk. I don't know how to introduce this part uh, until it turns out that the elves are real. The elves are real. <laughs> you never see an actual elf, no. which I like because yes. sometimes like I think. Of, like if you showed John C. Riley in green screen in an elf costume, oh it'd be God. too much. It would be too much. Or I think of like. The elves in the Christmas Chronicles, right? Like, you know, for some reason, people have their own mind made up of what some fantastic... Of what an elf is. Yeah, of what that looks like. So I feel like sometimes when movies design something or put something out there, you're like, oh, that's cheesy. Or like, I don't really... like. That's not what I imagine when I think of that kind of character. But the elves show up and they don't show... Like, you never see an actual elf, but there's like... It shows that they exist in the movie, well, and I, it's amazing. I was kind of like, oh, it was really sweet when the banker came to get him. And is like, I'm going to give you a ride. And Will Ferrell's like, we got to stop somewhere. And Will Ferrell goes to the elves, which is another – it's a sweet gesture. It's, yeah. This is something that's important to a uh, person I care about, and so I'm going to make this gesture. And then the banker tries to kill him yeah. straight with a garrote, like pulls out like an assassin's wire yes. and starts trying to choke him. I was like – I that shocked me. Number one, I was like, "Oh shit!" Number one, but then number two, he he kind of like tenses up, and I'm like, "Oh, he had a heart attack." Oh, it's the well. Wait, unquote. before that happens, while he's trying to kill Will Ferrell, yeah. he announces, ah, "That's why I blew up the boat." So right. he killed everyone because he didn't want to be because the 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 Eurovision rules state that the winner has to host the next competition, and that would bankrupt their city, which yeah. is actually historically accurate because. They were just getting done with a big recession in Iceland. I think they were just out of a 10-year recession. Crazy. And so, yeah. It so he out murdered everyone t- for the sake of, like, their country. Not having to be bankrupt. But, geez. So then, sorry to interrupt you. Continue. No, no. So I thought, so he's strangling him, and then he's like, <gasps> and then keels over. And yeah. I thought he had a heart attack, and I thought it was just another, like, oh, quote, unquote, oh, it's the elves or fate or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But then... <laughs> 
But then he's got a knife in his back. Like a tiny little, like, it looks like a Swiss Army it's knife, kind of. like a cheese of. knife. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? And Will Ferrell's like, what the hell? And he looks back up at the houses, and one of the doors is open, and it slams it's- shut. <laughs> Yes. That they confirm the existence of, not only do they confirm that the elves are real, but like the way that they do it with the slamming door is incredible. Murder. And the fact that, yeah, the elf <laughs> straight up knifed a guy to get them to win was incredible. Just incredible. It really was. Um, that was maybe the funniest part in the whole movie for me. Because it's also like during this time where you're like, oh my gosh, he's, he's got to get back to Scotland. Right. And it's kind of this like momentum this of like clock. she's getting ready to like perform solo because they made it to the finals. Like he's got to get back there. And so you're like, what's happening? And then just to throw like A, a murder, B, by elves that exist yes. in at that moment. It, I lost it. It was so funny. It really worked. And as we say it now and as we as we recap it, like, there's no reason that that should work. Like, that's no. insane. It's insane. But it was perfect. It worked really, really well. It was perfect. Um, and those, those, those are those left field things. The whole thing with the elves was completely out of left field. The thing with the burning Demi Lovato ghost <laughs> was out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and it really, really worked. Uh what were your some of your favorite musical sequences? Um, I mean, I love the one in the house, like that whole scene. I really liked, and then I loved the last song mm-hmm. where she's where Rachel McAdams' character is singing the song that she wrote. It's like this really beautiful song, and throughout the whole movie, Iceland is very embarrassed of these two like dumb heads, yeah. like dumb dumbs that like they were only picked by. Like chance. by chance, like they were never had they listened to the song of Fire Saga, they probably wouldn't have picked them. Right. But then they had to move to semifinals because everyone else died on a boat. Right. Like they were just like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing for Iceland. And but, but even that song is good. Yeah. Until it gets it, the theatricality gets yes. in their way. And, and that's the when they get like crash. they just like face palm and there's a there's a moment where it's like the countries are voting like a video conference call i'm not sure how it works but it's like each country is voting right and iceland when they go on the screen to vote from the semifinals to the finals they're like we're really sorry sorry for that performance like they were just so embarrassed for what had happened which by the way i knew something was going to happen because they're like talk Anyways, because we don't because need to dive it into went, that. It went well enough. The performance went well enough. Um, even though the hamster wheel like completely went off the rails, they finished. They stuck the landing. Yes. So it was clearly a disaster, but it was also a disaster that you could have expected in a crazy Eurovision performance. <laughs> yes. Like we just talked about hard, hard Rock Hallelujah. Yeah. Who's not to say they wouldn't ride a hamster wheel through the crowd totally. and crash, you know? But, like, everyone was, like, loving that song before the yeah. accident during their the performance. The host, Graham Norton, was like, oh, this is not bad. Yeah, so it was a, a bop. And so when, what was I saying? You what were talking we? about her fi- how oh, we were leading up to her final performance. Yeah, I just, like, that was, I just really loved how 
all the countries like started to vote for her and then like Iceland was embarrassed but then like they got this beautiful song by like this insanely talented singer that they had no idea existed and they were like all so happy and like I just liked seeing not only for the two main characters from si- or from Fire Sagas, their own redemption, but mm-hmm. also like their redemption with their country. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. And just another added element of uh, kind of feel good. Like, oh, my gosh, like everyone's so proud of it them. Really does, I'm proud of them. It really does make you feel good. I mean, going back to when the country I was actually surprised at how heartfelt them getting voted in was. Yes. And it's like you don't trust the Russian guy naturally and you really shouldn't. But he's not trying to sabotage their performance. Yep. He's more like I'm looking for my musical soulmate. Yep. Um, and he sees something in secret that Lars is missing. Yeah, he know? doesn't see it. And despite the fact that uh, I still think he's gay, like Maybe I think he, he is. said, because he says Who at the knows? end, like uh, Russia won't let me be happy, right? Yeah, that's true. He does. And say so that. she's like, the the other girls like come to Greece, come to Greece, and um, he's like, I do look good with a tan. That's it's right. true. So maybe and who cares? Like if he's gay, if he's straight, if yeah. he likes it all, who gives who a cares? shit? Um, because like ultimately, I like that he is still. It's when he is supportive of her. It's not malicious. Like when Iceland gets voted in, he is excited for her. Yes. And it's genuine. Yeah. And when she sings that song at the end, he is at the side and everybody's watching and everyone is like, this is incredible. Yeah. And he's like, they deserve to be together. Like yes. they deserve their success. Yes. And that's just good. I just like that. You Me know? too. And that's the part I was talking about earlier where it's like, you think he's going to be like this asshole, bad guy villain. Right. Who's going to like be insecure and try to throw the competition for them. But he like, we were waiting for that. Like, when is it going to happen? Like, he can't really. What is he going to try this. and sabotage them? Exactly. But he never really He does. never did. And I, I really liked that. I liked that he was just like, he saw Rachel McAdams' character, the passion that she has for her music and her, like, talent. But that was something that Will Ferrell's character, you see, he does end up noticing he at the end of the movie. It. But during the whole movie, he was very much like, I want this for me. This yeah. is my dream. And These there's are the my whole, songs. There's the whole mansion thing where the girl from Greece like seduces Lars and the guy yeah. from Russia keeps trying to seduce her. But even when they go to bed, like they wake up and he's like, and she's like, what did we do? He's like, nothing. I braided, I braided your, your hair. hair. How long did it take? Six hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, it was like sweet. It wasn't. There wasn't anything with his character it just at felt, the end that was bad. It like just you were felt waiting like for it, all it of these happened. performers would normally prop. And listen, I don't know about Eurovision. Okay, I can't speak for this, but like, it's like in the Olympic Village. You know, when all of the Olympians get together, everybody's banging each other. Like, that's just a well-known story, okay? And I got, like, it wouldn't shock me if all of these Eurovision people got together and were just like, what up? Oh, Greece, you're from Iceland. Oh, Russia, I'm from such and such. Let's get together in a huge mansion party, sing, and then I'll hook up. Oh I'm not God. saying that happens because in the movie it's ridiculous, but I could see it happening. Like, I'm just saying it's in play. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, is you got any any closing thoughts on the movie other than, like, you should watch this movie? Yeah, I don't have any clo- closing thoughts. Um, The name of the movie presents itself to potentially have more 
Um, it's just Eurovision Song Contest, and then it says the story of Fire Saga. Yeah. So they could potentially do Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Something Enter else. New. Or because group, Fire or... Saga didn't didn't win. Like it's like the classic Rocky, right? Yeah. Rocky doesn't win in Rocky One, but he wins in Rocky Two. Yeah, so I I kind of would be I'd be totally open to something again. I loved just the elements of it all. You I could loved... bring them all back because mm-hmm. odds are that the Russia wins. Yeah, uh, it, you don't really see who wins at the end, no. but you know it's not them because they. And I don't think we ever said this. It's because they changed their song. Yes, when you do Eurovision, you do the same song. Same it's production. a songwriting contest, so you have to sing the song that you wrote when you started. Right. Um, and so because they changed their song for the finals, they get disqualified. Yes. But they don't care because they do the true performance from their heart and all yes. that. Yes. So you could absolutely set it in, in Russia or a Russia-adjacent, mm-hmm. not yeah. really Russia because, you know, fuck Russia. But um, And bring everyone back. Totally. And have them, you know, make the run. Yeah. You know, or what have you. Yeah. Um. And I would watch it. Like I, I would, totally would too. If it's on the same level as this, because oftentimes like comedy sequels just don't work. Yeah. Twenty Two Jump Street is the exception, not the rule. You know, very very often comedy sequels just don't work. But I would watch these two again. Not I would, even I would yeah, watch like again. not even if they're like the main characters. Maybe they're actually more of like a. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe they become like the mentor roles to a new set of characters who are unsure and they're from like Bulgaria or something. Yeah, like something. Because it could be like (laughs) the story of a different band and they're just actually mentors. I don't know. I like thinking that like, okay, maybe this isn't the end of the story because I really like the characters. I really liked... I this is a great movie. I highly recommend people to watch it's it. It's a really so. funny movie and 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 comedy's hit and miss, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? But like I forgot Rachel McAdams was in Game Night, which oh, yeah, is and that's a also great an incredible movie. movie. But like I want more Rachel McAdams. She is not doing nearly enough. <laughs> we need to get her in more stuff. She was in Doctor Strange Disobedience Game Night and Eurovision Song Contest over the past 4 years. We need more. We need to get her in more movies and more comedies because yeah. she's hilarious. She's great. So she's great. Before we wrap up, I know you did a name change to your event rentals oh, yeah. since the last time. Tell the people if they're looking for whatever you're doing, tell them what you're up to and tell them yeah. where they can find you. So we went through a rebrand and a name change. Um, our new name is Anomaly Rentals. Nice. And if you're looking for wedding or event rentals, we've got all sorts of things in our inventory that will elevate your wedding or event to the next level. Something um, that isn't standard. We want to make these things unique for you. So enter Anomaly Rentals. I love it. So you, they can find you at Anomaly Rentals on pretty much anything? Yep. AnomalyRentals.com. And then on all social, it's just at Anomaly Rentals. Sweet. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, if if we all do what we're doing, which is wearing our masks and staying safe, we can get back sooner rather than later to having fun events and getting together and whatnot. But I appreciate you coming in. Before we actually wrap up, I want to remind everybody that – 
If you haven't already, you can get episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you free straight away just by hitting subscribe, hitting the follow button wherever you're listening. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with your other good movie buddies. Don't forget to check us out on patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast. It helps an independent podcast that you like listening to keep going strong. It helps us improve the podcast. But also, if you're a patron listener, you're getting this episode earlier than anybody else. You're getting this episode odds are a couple days earlier than everybody else so you get free episodes delivered to you you get franchise refills and more by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet of course you find us on social media facebook twitter instagram at the popcorn diet and last but certainly not least you can find all of our latest regular episodes articles and more on our website popcorndietpodcast.com but for my sister fellow good movie buddy leah theodosis I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.